Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 277. Birth can also be a beautiful experience and your mindset around how it's going to work out is a really important part of that. I can just stay calm and relax and trust that my body was designed to give birth and my baby was designed to be birthed, to just let it happen as naturally as I can. Being in the water takes away a lot of the pressure and it's just so much easier on your muscles than being out of the water. So I highly, highly recommend it. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody, and today's topic is a fun one. It is hypnobirthing. We are talking to two ladies who have done it and loved it, and one who is about to go through through the hypnobirthing process because she's literally about to pop. So what is hypnobirthing? Hypnobirthing is a way of giving birth naturally without pain medication that teaches self-hypnosis techniques to combat fear and pain during labor. So this involves doing visualization, relaxation, deep breathing techniques. And really what fascinates me about it the most is the amount of women having pain-free pregnancies and deliveries using this method. So of course, I just had to learn more. So first up, I'm talking to Catherine Maslin. She is a mother, a clinical naturopath, a nutritionist, an author, a speaker, and host of The Shift podcast. Go check that out. Then I'll be chatting with Melissa Tucker and Laura Peterson. Melissa is a marketing expert by day whose last pregnancy was so magical that it made her want to give birth again and again just to have the experience of it. And my co-host is Laura Powers. You know from Copy That Pops, she is currently pregnant, but by the time this airs, she may have popped a baby out. But Laura was inspired by Melissa to begin her hypnobirthing journey. So she's currently taking class to prepare for her own natural birth. Can't wait to hear more about these ladies' journeys, but first, I have to tell you about a skincare line I'm currently obsessed with, Osea. It's Malibu's finest skincare. I'm obsessed with the vitamin C probiotic face polish. I love the brightening serum, and they have this cleansing mud that just detoxes your skin. And why I'm obsessed with Osea is because they put your health and the health of our planet first. They've got potent skin and body care solutions that are pure, safe, and effective. And they have those elements of wellness, the ocean, the sun, the earth, and the atmosphere. That's what inspires everything that they do and the products that they make. Their products are infused with sustainably sourced organic Patagonian seaweed and active botanicals that create a nutrient and mineral-rich 
bioavailable base. So what does that mean? That means that it's easily absorbable by your skin, right? And it targets signs of aging and skin imperfections, which you know I'm all about. And it's founded and run by a family of women who are inspired by the sea. And of course, I scored an exclusive discount code for you. Use the code FOODHEALSNATION at checkout for $10 off your first purchase of $50. That's at OseaMalibu.com. And if you're in the LA area, stop by the Osea Venice Skincare Studio and bring forth your inner glow. They've got personalized skin consultations, customized facials, and in-house expert estheticians that you can just speak to when you're there that are ready to talk to you and customize your very own skincare routine. So again, Osea, O-S-E-A, Malibu.com. Use the code Food Heals Nation at checkout, $10 off your first purchase of $50. All right, next up, my interview with Catherine. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. She is a clinical naturopath, the founder of the international company Shift, a podcaster, and dear friend who has an incredible hypnobirthing story. Please welcome today's guest, Catherine Maslin. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you back on the show. We already had such a great episode talking about all things health and wellness, but today you're going to tell us your natural birth story because it's one of the most incredible I've ever heard. When you asked me to talk about hypnobirthing, I got really excited because I'm really excited about helping women to have great births. And I feel like it's something that we're so terrified of, you know, constantly. It's that's one thing you get pregnant, like, oh my God, I have to give birth to a baby. But it is the most empowering thing I have ever done. Like if you have pushed a baby out of your vagina, you feel like a bad bitch. It is (laughs) crazy, right? But my daughter, she's seven next week, actually. And we, obviously I'm a naturopath and I had guided a lot of patients through their pregnancies and through birth. Before you had your daughter, you had helped others. Yeah, but until I'd done it myself, I feel like I really didn't get it. You know, once I went through that process, I was like, oh, these are all the small nuances and this is what it's really about. Because we did a lot of stuff leading up to our birth, but certainly the hypnobirthing course that we did and that part of it made such a huge difference. Would you like me to tell you the story? Yes. Well, first, tell us a little bit about what hypnobirthing is, and then I want to dive deep into your story and your experience. What hypnobirthing is, it's essentially a technique to get you into a state of calm. So hypnosis, I think people think about in the movies, unless they've had it themselves, where it's, or you're, you know, like clucking like a chicken and stuff like that. That's stage <laughs> hypnosis. Exactly. <laughs> hypnosis in a, in a practical health sense, it's really about getting you into a state of calm and accessing the subconscious mind and just really getting into that calm state. So the whole purpose of hypnobirthing is to teach you some techniques and meditations and breathing to actually keep you calm. So as you go through that birthing process and you're getting contractions and you have that pain, that you can breathe through it and it brings down your pain levels. So when we're in a fear state, we're contracted. So So you might have seen, I don't know if anybody's seen an animal give birth, so if they had cats or have seen it on the TV, et cetera, but animals don't give birth in bright rooms, like surrounded by crazy doctors with noise, et cetera. They go off and they find a quiet corner and they just do their business, right? They don't have any problems. They don't need cesarean sections. Like uh, largely animals give birth without an issue. And the reason for that is that they have that lack of fear and the natural process just happens. Mm. So for us as women, 
we've seen movies, you know, we've all seen the movie of somebody giving birth and they're screaming and it's horrible and all of that stuff. And we're conditioned with this stuff that birth has to be really terrible. Right. And sometimes and often birth is really challenging and definitely things can go wrong, but birth can also be a beautiful experience. And your mindset around how it's going to work out is a really important part of that. So with hypnobirthing, what happens is it's done with both partners. So both myself and my husband went and you go through the course and they actually teach teach you about birth and the natural process of it, you know, what to do, some different techniques for while that's happening. And then you go through this process of self-hypnosis. So there's audio tracks that you listen to. I think one was called like rainbow relaxation and you listen to it every day. So you're learning and conditioning your body to get into this relaxed state before the event. And then once the event comes up, you can listen to the audio tracks, but really it's about being able to put yourself in that state of calm and create that mindset so that as the contractions come and you go through that, you can stay calm. And as the body stays relaxed, it means that all of the naturally producing endorphins and painkillers that your body produces can happen. And it's much more likely that you'll have a safe and effective birth. And if you do have to end up having longer labors or things happening, I know that for patients of mine that have gone through the hypnobirthing process, they said that they didn't know how they would have been able to cope without it. So regardless of how how the birth ends up, I think it's beneficial for everyone to do this kind of process because it really helps us to have a tool so that when we're in this process that we know that we can do it, we have that confidence and we can stay calm and help to really breathe through it. The other really key component of hypnobirthing is that we're breathing the baby out, we're not pushing the baby out. And what that means is, actually I'll share something with you which you won't forget, is that when I was learning when I was learning hypnobirthing, one of the things that they got you to do is what they call a hypnopoo, right? So next time you do a poo, I want you to observe this. There's actually a natural peristalsis that happens as um, through the colon as and through the anus as you do a poo. So if you're constipated, our natural inclination is to push, but if we actually relax, what you'll feel and experience is the natural contraction and your body will push that out on its own, okay? And your birth canal does the same thing. And what people do and what often happens is, is they do this pushing. And if your baby's not ready to come out, that pushing just causes a big stress on the system. So with hypnobirthing, certainly like there's a, a bearing down at the end, you're more or less breathing that baby baby out and allowing those natural contractions to push baby out as they're meant to. And what that means is that there's often less pain, definitely less risk of tearing, but it's all about really working with the natural rhythms of the body rather than pushing. I really find this fascinating because I have not given birth yet. And it's one of the biggest fears that I have in my future life when I'm future tripping because I am terrified of pain. And just like you said, I grew up with the notion from television and movies that giving birth has to be painful. I'm going to be screaming. I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to be like, get this thing out of me. Instead of it being like a loving experience as it's meant to be, the most natural experience in the world. And so I really love the concept and I want to learn more about it. So I'd love for you to share your experience because another thing that you told me is that you had a five-hour labor, which is very rare. One of my best friends just had like a 18-hour labor, you know, and did all the things, the Pitocin, the drugs, all the things. And I know those things can actually increase the time of labor and also delay birth and also not give the woman the full experience of what it feels like to have that baby. So Take me through that journey. I have one child and I don't want any more, definitely. But I would love to give birth again. Ah! I would love to go through that process. It's just so powerful and it's hard. It's definitely a loving experience. Like there's that component, but there's also 
you know, this real grit, like, and it's really, I think as women too, like we are so much stronger than we think. Mm. A guy would not be able to birth a baby. Like they just (laughs) couldn't do it. Um, But we have this inner strength and reserve, you know, and then once you get through that and then you meet that child, it's just like, I did that, you know, like I made this, I did that, you know, and whether you have a cesarean or what, like it's just that miracle in itself. But I went into labor at about 10 o'clock at night and I started having contractions and I lived about an hour from the hospital at the time and I was there for a little while and then we gave the midwives a call and they're like, okay, well, you better come in because it's going to take a little while to get through there. And the car ride was excruciating as anyone who's been in labor and had to sit in a car would know. <laughs> like there's certain positionings that you want to be in that, you know, isn't conducive to sitting in a car with a seatbelt on. But when I got to the hospital, I was having quite strong contractions, breathing through them. I spent a lot of time in the shower. I asked them to start filling up the tub because I wanted to have a water birth. They said that they wouldn't let me in it until they checked my cervix. I didn't want any intervention. I was like, no, like just leave it be. And then uh, I started having really strong contractions. So anyone who's ever given birth will know there's a moment where you say, I can't do this. Okay. And they taught us this in hypnobirthing. And what happens is as that baby's crowning, the mother will be like, I can't do this. I want the drugs. I can't do this. I can't do it and that is the moment you know that this is going to be me because I'm so scared of pain (laughs) yeah but it's the moment you know the baby's coming like it's just like clockwork every woman does it and I was like I can't do this and then I was like I can feel something and the midwife was like that's your baby and I remember I was leaning over like a baby table or something and I just bared down you know and I screamed and I, I I went through my process and I breathed and I bared down and then boom she came out she came out so far she snapped a cord on the way out <laughs> and then she was there so it was all over by about three o'clock in the morning and I did a lot of preparation during pregnancy so I did the hypnobirthing and that helped heaps the the tub only got filled a couple of inches before she came out so there goes the water birth but I did chiropractic I did yoga yoga I think is a really important thing during pregnancy to, to help to loosen up the hips and and allow that expansion that needs to happen in the body and I also really looked after myself so I was very healthy in pregnancy. I did four months of preconception care, both myself and my husband before pregnancy as well. So I was, you know, healthy. I looked after myself. I also took raspberry leaf during pregnancy, which I recommend for women because what it does is it helps to strengthen the uterine muscles and helps them to, as they grow and expand. So I don't know if anyone's aware of this, but the uterus is smaller than a peach. You know, it's about the size of an apricot, actually. Like it's very small inside of there (laughs) and it expands so much, you know. So all of that muscle and tone, it's got a really big job to do. So there's multiple components of looking after it, but the hypnobirthing I think is a really beautiful thing that you can do and especially um, for hubby as well because it means that your partner can come in with you and get a really good understanding of what you're going to be going through so that they can support you through that. What a beautiful experience. And I wonder what was it that made you decide to do hypnobirthing? Because I know we talked about this on our other show where we're kind of like (laughs) the versions of each other just living on opposite (laughs) continents. But I am such a proponent of all the things natural, but I am terrified of pain. And I want to make a conscious decision to do hypnobirthing, to have a drug-free pregnancy as much as possible. And I'm actually really lucky. I can have a home birth. And guess what? I live down the street from Cedar sinai So if something goes wrong, I could be rushed to the hospital in two seconds. So I have a lot of reasons to do it, but I'm also terrified. So tell me about the process of getting over the fear 
of the pain? I think the first thing is that you need to recognize where it's coming from. So I'll give you an example of a client that I was working with. So she wanted a planned cesarean right from the start. She's like, I'm not birthing this baby, you know, and over the weeks and months as we worked together, I slowly chipped away, chipped away. And we had conversations about it. But it's just, if you don't have a vaginal birth, that baby's microbiome is impaired first up. Like there is a lot of consequences of that to the child. So if it needs to happen, it needs to happen, but we don't want to be planning for that. So for her, I actually sent her to see our emotional wellness team and she got some hypnosis and she actually had some stuff around past lives. So traumatic births in past lives that she had to deal with. So some of these fears that we have, fears and phobias can often be triggered from past life stuff or stuff from childhood or different belief systems that we've got. So we need to really find out where it's coming from. We, you know, the hypnotherapy can be good. The past life regression stuff can be good, but it's really identifying like, what does it really mean? And how can you work through that? So outside of doing hypnobirthing, even having hypnosis around that. So if you're not pregnant and you know, that's a thing, you can actually go into a hypnosis session with that intention of exploring that. And during hypnosis, you can really access the subconscious mind. So sometimes you can find what pops up around there and you can change your belief systems and programming around that. It can be really powerful because it is a process. It's like if somebody has a fear of heights, you know, it's often not one session with something's going to cure that if it's really bad. It's about really going through those layers and finding out what that's going to be and trying to connect to the positive parts as well and looking at, you know, and coming to peace with it a little bit as well. Um, There was a saying that Brene Brown was embrace the suck. So when she's like working out or exercising, it's like embrace the suck, embrace the suck. And it's such a good phrase because sometimes things just suck, you know, like the pain of labor, like it sucks. Like I'm not going to say you can have like a zero pain or orgasmic birth. I don't know. I've heard people do it. I don't know about that. But what I can say is like there's parts of it that are going to suck and it's knowing that it's temporary. And when you're in labor, it's just you need to just take one contraction at a time. You know, we can all get through that next contraction easily. You know, you can do that. So it's just being really wary of what are your layers and what kind of things do you need to have a look at to address those fears and get back in touch with those parts of yourself. Because every woman before you has done it you know we've been doing it for millennia we're born to do this so it's not that you can't it's that we need to kind of find out what are the blocks there yeah I'm all about going back into the emotional things whether it is the past lives or whether it is our own life trauma that you know we associate pain with and I would just wonder and I feel like this sounds like an ignorant question but it's just coming from a place of total curiosity it's like what do you compare it to I'm at the gym and I'm doing reps and I know that the next one is going to hurt, but I'm going to do it because I know that there's a result that is positive. And this happened to me when I was running, I believe it was my first half marathon, which was the farthest I had ever run. And it was almost the last mile. And I was like walking and I was like listening to a podcast and they were talking about pain and how the only time that you could make a difference in your body was when you were feeling the pain because that's when the change happened. So I started running because I was like, my last mile on this half marathon is not going to be walking through the finish line. So I'm going to run even if it hurts. And I started chanting to myself, change happens when the pain happens. Change happens when the pain happens. And I know it's not the same as birth, but it kind of sounds similar where it's just like, I'm embracing the pain because I know that the result is better than anything I could have imagined. Yep. It is the same. And like it's, and when you're in labor, it's like, keep your eye on the prize, you know, like, and you're like, I've got this baby, I've got you, you know, 
know, like it's, you're doing it for them. You can draw that strength that it's something outside of yourself, you know, that you're sacrificing for. It is like becoming a mother is massive. Like we've got to hold that baby, be pregnant and go through all the stuff with that. We've got to birth that baby. We've got to breastfeed that baby. Like it is intense, like what we have to do as women. And I think honoring that. and, And as I said, like, you do that and you're a bad bitch. You know, you've been through that. Um, any part of that, you know, it's it's this initiation that it's not easy. And I think you don't have to downplay that. Birth isn't easy. It's not going to be easy. But it's also can be a, a really empowering and amazing experience. So if you can embrace the suck and create a mantra around that, which is, you know, something along the lines of what you said, I think that that's really powerful. Like, you know, each bit of pain brings me closer to my baby. Each bit of pain brings me closer to meeting you. You know, like it's powerful, Mm -hmm. really powerful. It is. That's really lovely the way you put it. It's like, I just need to repeat those mantras to myself when it's my turn. Um, I would like to go back to one thing that you said, because um, as a naturopath and you are someone who deals with this on a regular basis and advises people, I want to talk about the C-section because I am very grateful that it exists and there are emergency situations where it absolutely saves lives. But at the same time, I believe it is overprescribed and there are more people having it than need it. And you said, the thing about the immune system being boosted when we go through the birth canal. Can you expand on that and really help people who are thinking about having an elective C-section as to why not having that electively? And if it's an emergency situation, do it. But electively, why we should probably not do that. Yeah. It's a cultural issue too. So certain hospitals will have higher rates and certain doctors will will encourage it more than others. You know, it's virtually unheard of of birthing a breech baby vaginally in Australia, at Mm -hmm. least. In India, it's quite Mm -hmm. routine, you know, in other countries that they Mm -hmm. do it all the time. But as soon as something's high risk, the doctor goes cesarean because although there's a risk to the baby, it can be seen as safer that way. The other thing to mention around cesarean sections is there's a cascade of intervention. So as soon as you have intervention, it leads to more intervention. And this is where in the later stages of your pregnancy, you really need to look after yourself, do the yoga, do the chiropractic, do the acupuncture to help to make sure that baby is positioned well. So if your baby hasn't turned, you know, by 35, 36 weeks, you want to really get onto your chiro acupuncture to try and turn that baby to make sure that, that it does get in the right position so you don't end up down cesarean section. And the other thing is to help your body to go into labor when it's supposed to. So this is where the rise raspberry leaf comes in, but other things like having sex, the prostaglandins in semen are really good for kind of ripening up the cervix because for a lot of doctors, especially if women are a little bit older, which often mums are these days, that if they get over their due date, they're wanting to induce them very, very soon. And as soon as you go into induction, you then end up having an epidural and then that can lead to one thing and then another. So this is where you want to try and allow the process to happen naturally as possible. Now, what happens when your baby passes through your vaginal canal is that it inherits its first lot of bacteria. So we know there's a little bit of bacteria in the amniotic fluid, but very little. So essentially the gut is almost quite like a sterile almost. And uh, that baby gets coated literally in your bacterial juices. So I don't know if you've ever seen a video of giving birth, but it's not just vaginal bacteria. It will get digestive bacteria as well. Like all the juices and stuff are going on there, right? So this baby gets their first inoculation of their microbiome. And then what happens is that then seeds their microbiome. From that point onwards, they will pick up microbes from mum's breast milk, from skin, from pets and things in the environment. With a 
cesarean section, they get microbes from the skin and the surrounding areas. So they can end up with a very, very different microbial profile than if they were born naturally. You can do a thing where you can put a gauze inside of the vagina during the cesarean section and take it out and smother the baby with that microbiome. Probably not as good, but better than nothing. A lot of doctors poo-poo it. I don't see the problem with it. It's certainly not going to harm that baby. It would have been covered in those vaginal juices anyway. So this is where the microbiome is the number one predictor of what diseases your child will get when they're older, what chronic diseases. So the microbiome is responsible for if they're going to end up with anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, cancer, autoimmune disease. It's not just your human genetics. It's it's that microbiome that's passed on through child and through the mother. So it's really important. So of course, if you have to have an emergency C-section, it's a miracle that we have that available 100%. But do the gauze, yeah, trying to smear some of those vaginal juices on the baby is what I would recommend. And the other thing is if you have to end up having antibiotics during birth, so this can sometimes happen if you have strep B or something like that, really considering too that that microbiome is going to be under a bit of strain too. So one of the ways that I recommend that we try and turn around these issues with our degrading microbiome is we need to treat mothers. We need to get their gut really healthy leading up to birth so that you have good stuff to pass through to baby when they come out. Um, And this is where taking probiotics might help. But as we're talking about like fiber, avoiding too much processed food, you know, really eating lots of fermented foods during pregnancy to get that diversity up is really important too. Absolutely, Catherine. And so if anyone wants to learn more about this, they can right now start learning more about the microbiome by listening to your podcast, The Shift podcast where you literally have what 22 episodes where you interview people on all of these topics to really help us boost our gut health, help us detox and learn from the best experts in the industry. 100%. And if they start from episode one, that would be the best place to start. Because it is documentary style. So unlike our show, which is more interview based, you do interview people, but you do it in a documentary style to reveal steps along the way. Would that be accurate? 100%. Yeah. So there's 16 episodes in season one. And yeah, they start from number one. It'll take them through that journey and they'll learn all about this stuff. Amazing. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and shameless self-promotion. Listen to her podcast. You've also got your book, Get Well, Stay Well. You have The Shift Clinic. You're on Facebook, Instagram, all the things. Please tell everyone where they can find you online. So if you go to theshiftclinic.com, that would be the easiest place. Or you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. It's Catherine Maslin, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-M-A-S-L-E-N. Thank you, Catherine, so much. Follow Catherine, get in touch with her, follow her on Instagram, listen to The Shift Podcast. And next up, we've got another beautiful natural birth, hypnobirthing story for you coming at you right now. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you. Food Heals Nation, I hope that you're enjoying our topic-based discussion today about hypnobirthing. I've got two more amazing interviews coming up. But first, I want to talk to you about something personal. Is there something that may be interfering from your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe you're feeling anxiety or depression and you don't know where to turn or you're looking for someone to talk to, but sometimes traditional therapy can be too expensive or too far away or parking is the worst, which is the case here in LA. I wanted to tell you about better 
BetterHelp. BetterHelp, which is H-E-L-P, not health. So BetterHelp is a really amazing website and program that can assess your needs, exactly what you need and what you're looking for, and match you with your very own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating with him or her in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And this service is available for clients Worldwide, you can log in to your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. And of course, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so that you never have to be in that uncomfortable waiting room or cold or hot or parking, like I said earlier. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So it's a really great deal. And another thing I love about BetterHelp They are committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. I know for me, it took me quite a bit of time to kind of create my counseling team. I saw many different people throughout the years, and now I feel like I've got the people that I need in my corner who relate to me and understand me. And that did take some time. So it's okay if the first person isn't perfect for you. BetterHelp is going to help you find someone new right away. But I do believe in this service because we all need help sometimes. And it's nice to you know not have to wait if it's Sunday and you have to wait till next Thursday to talk to someone. This is online and you can talk to someone within 24 hours. So I think it's a really, really great deal. You're going to get 10% off your first month if you go to betterhelp.com dot com slash food heals better h e l p dot com slash food heals ten percent off your first month check it out let me know what you think and I hope that you are truly feeling better soon and getting the help that you need because we all need a little help sometimes there's no shame in that betterhelp dot com slash food heals you are listening to the food heals podcast make sure to subscribe rate and review us on iTunes She's a math and psychology teacher turned entrepreneur, international best-selling author, speaker, podcaster, and persuasive writing expert who helps people self-publish best-selling books, who also happens to be pregnant with her first baby. Please welcome today's co-host, my friend, Laura Peterson. Hi, Allie. So excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you with our mutual friend. She is also a podcast host. She's a marketing expert. She's the owner of Oak Creek Wellness Productions, and she has one of the most intriguing birth stories I have ever heard. I had to share it with you, Food Heals Nation. Please welcome today's guest, Melissa Tucker. Hi, Allie. Hi, Laura. Thank you for having me. So excited to have you. So this whole podcast episode idea was born out of the fact that we were sitting at Laura's shower and we were talking, you know, we're just having small talk. And Melissa told me something that I had never heard before. And it just totally intrigued me. And I wanted to share it with Food Heals Nation because I think that there is such a misconception out there that childbirth has to be painful. And you told me it was one of the best experiences of your life and you wanted to do it over and over again. So I really want to delve into that story and talk about what you did. And also Laura is doing hypnobirthing, which to me, I'm learning more and more about, and it sounds like the way to go, but I want to hear both of your perspectives on this and really, you know, what you're going to do, Laura, and what you went through, Melissa. Yeah. And just to jump in really fast, the exact reason I've been taking hypnobirthing classes is the same exact thing that you experienced with Melissa. Melissa told me that her experience giving birth to her third child was so amazing that she wanted to do it again. She wanted to be pregnant again or have another kid, but she wanted to give birth. And I was just like, that is I've never heard that from anyone who seemed sane. And I was like, what? So she inspired both of us in the exact same way with that story. So yeah, we got to dive in. Yes. Before we dive in, I do want to tell both of you. So this is my third 
kiddo and my first two were completely traditional, like in the hospital, give me drugs as soon as I felt anything, give me the epidural. And I used to tell people the only reason to get pregnant was to have the epidural. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where? <laughs> so, so complete 180 too. Complete. Yes. And my sister-in-law had a baby about a year and a half before, or was going through her pregnancy about a year and a half before I got pregnant. And she went totally natural and did the home water birth and the whole thing. And there was this huge part of me that thought that that was insane. And then there was also this little voice inside of me that thought that was just the coolest thing ever. And I really wanted to experience it. And she was the one that inspired me to go down the path. And so take us through what you did. And and I love that you were inspired by someone else because now Laura's been inspired by, by you and now I'm inspired by both of you, even though I'm not pregnant yet. But just I want to be as informed and knowledgeable as I can. So when that happens, then I can make the right decision for myself because I know I am terrified, horrified of pain. I do not take pain easily. But at the same time, like I don't want to take a drug. I want to have a natural birth, but I'm scared. So Melissa, take us through maybe a little bit about your first two births and then what you did differently the the third time. Yeah, absolutely. So my first kiddo, I was 10 days overdue and the medical system kind of has certain rules for women when they're pregnant. So at 10 days overdue, that was clearly way too long. So they went ahead and they had induced me, giving me Pitocin, which actually can make the whole birthing experience a lot more intense. And I just thought like, that's my doctor. Actually, I don't even know who delivered my kiddo because I was with Cigna and I saw a different doctor every single time. However, they were the doctor. They had the white coat on. So they clearly knew everything. And I knew nothing about my body. And I went through that whole path, right? Like I did not know anything. And my mom, she cracks up and says that I'm the biggest wimp when it comes to pain to Allie. So I can totally relate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she had had all five of her kids natural and she just would laugh at me and I was like, give me something. I need something now. And <laughs> so, you know, and then my daughter, the same thing. I like, 10 days overdue, my body kind of did the same thing every single time. 10 days overdue, I was ready to go have the baby. I started labor. I could feel like little flutters of it. It wasn't painful at all. However, I was like excited and scared and knew that it was time to rush to the hospital. So we went to the hospital. My doctor was already there doing rounds. So he went ahead and broke my water. And I think I had to have Pitocin with her too to keep things moving along and make it happen. And I did the traditional, like, hook me up to an IV, lay down in the bed on my back and lay there like a patient and have my baby the way that a lot of people see it. You know, you push and you scream and you do all the things. And that's what I thought was natural. That's what we saw on TV growing up my whole life. That's all I saw. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like hooked up to machines and there's beeping and like constant monitoring. Right. Oh yeah. And they want to like put stuff, they want to strap belts to your tummy so that, and they terrify you. It's like, oh, we need to make sure that the baby's doing okay. And they do like, hear me. They do. They need to make sure the baby's doing okay. And, you know, thank God for a traditional medical system when something goes wrong. So I'm not saying like (laughs) be a hippie and don't ever go to the doctor. And I am here to say that as a woman and as a pregnant woman, you are your own advocate for you and your baby. You know before any doctor or any nurse will know if something's going on and if you need more attention or you need medical care. 
100%. I'm with you. Absolutely. And there's so much information out there. So I would say anybody that's pregnant or getting pregnant, go do the research and look at all the different opportunities that you have out there to learn about your body and what's going to happen and educate yourself so that when the time comes, you know what you want and what you don't want because you're Mm -hmm. in charge of that experience. And just to jump in really fast, since I'm so in it, like I'm literally due in 11 days from the time we're recording this, <laughs> there's a great website that people could get started with called evidencebasedbirth.com. And it's got great, actually evidence-backed stuff around are certain pr- practices or procedures actually medically necessary or not? Because as we'll talk in this conversation and what I've really been learning the past few months is hospitals have certain like checklists of procedures that they follow, which kind of were developed over like worst case scenarios and applied generally to every pregnant woman. But if you're having a natural healthy birth that's progressing normally, you don't really need all these interventions that they're doing. And so evidence-based birth is a great place that you could start to do some research and just kind of start to see, are there different things that are really necessary or not? Or maybe we could just say, yes, we'll do it, but let's delay it a couple hours and then make a decision instead of just rushing down the checklist sort of thing that the hospitals do. And the other thing is do some research on your doctor and do some research on the hospital that you're going to. Some hospitals have higher C-section rates than others. And I knew that that was not something that I wanted unless it was medically necessary. There's just, yeah, there's tons of information out there that people don't even know to check into. So I want to jump into what I did because I was terrified. I found a doula who was also a hypnotherapist that was certified with, well, she was a certified hypnotherapist who worked with hypnobabies. And I think, Laura, you're doing hypnobirthing. Is that right? Yeah, it's called like the Mongan method. Hold on. I've got the book right here in front of me. The Mongan method, M-O-N-G-A-N is the last name of of the author and the, the person who developed this particular method of, yeah, it's called hypnobirthing. So there's a few different, probably a lot more than this, there's a different tools and resources out there that people can go and find and use. I chose hypnobirthing because that's what my sister-in-law had done. And right off the bat, I started that a little bit earlier than what they would normally recommend because I was so terrified. <laughs> and <laughs> what were you of- terrified of? The pain? Yeah. The pain. Could I do it? Like the whole thing, just, I wasn't afraid that anything was going to go wrong necessarily because we lived close enough to the hospital. We were about 15 minutes away. And so I knew that that would be okay. I was just afraid of if I could go through it or not. Right. I feel the same way. So you're planning a at-home birth Mm -hmm. and you are looking into what is this whole hypnobirthing thing? Is it a hippie thing? Is it something amazing? And so you went into it nervous and how did you prepare? So I first, well, I want to take a step back. I wanted, I knew I wanted to go with a natural birth. So I needed a midwife versus a doctor. And I went to a few. The first one I went to, they had me come in, sit down on the floor on like a beanbag or like some like a beanbag chair, and gave me some tea. And I was like, "Some what?" They gave me some tea, (laughs) and I was like, "Fuck this! I'm out of here! Like this is too crunchy for me." Yeah, they probably had incense burning too. They did. Yeah. I couldn't, not at that point. Now I would be like, yeah, let's do that. Totally. So I found a midwife that actually she has her office set up. Like I felt like I was going to the doctor's office. So I felt very comfortable with her and I love her. And then 
a few months in, I signed up for my hypnobabies and I started getting all that stuff coming. And one of the things that they give you right off the bat is an audio of daily affirmations. And these things changed my life because I don't know if you know this or not, but when you're pregnant, you have crazy hormones going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And some days you're not that happy. Like, where can you relate it all? Actually, you know what? I it's so funny. I do not feel like I had much emotional swing. I had like physical, like I felt so sick first trimester and just like physical exhaustion, but emotionally I really haven't. So everyone's different, like they say. I know. <laughs> so I can't say that one. These affirmations like walk you through like how healthy your baby is and how everything's going awesome and how the birth is going to be a wonderful experience and how the baby's going to come out perfectly healthy and you're mm-hmm. going to be perfectly healthy. So I started training my mind really early on to think the positive end result that I wanted to create and that helped a lot and it also got me in a good mood when I was in bad moods. And then with the hypno babies you you start practicing hypnotizing yourself. Basically they have audio tracks that you listen to and I would lay down and fell asleep during most of them, but you know, just go through and listen to them and kind of visualize as you're going along. And when I got to the end, it was pretty funny at one point during the birthing time, I looked around and I had my chiropractor was there. My midwife was there. My doula was there. My kiddos were there and my husband was there. And I looked up and looked around. We had the hypno babies music and audio playing while I was going through my session. Anyway, I looked around the room. It was like 10 ish at night and everybody was passed out from the, they were all hypnotized. <laughs> they were all- <laughs> <laughs> you hypnotized the whole family. Yeah. They were so relaxed. It was awesome. Well, let's also dive a little bit into like, what does it even mean to be like hypnotized or hypnobirthing? Because I think a lot of people imagine, at least I did at first, like an old man with like a watch swinging in front of your face saying you were getting... feeling very sleepy. Or like the stage acts where like they get you to like quack like a duck duck. or yeah, Yeah. walk around on your all fours like a dog or something ridiculous. And so like when I first heard about hypnosis, I was kind of like, I don't want to be out of control. I don't want to look ridiculous. I don't want to do something that I'm not comfortable doing. But what I've since discovered that that's not it really at all. And even self-hypnosis is less of like this... And Melissa, jump in and tell me if this is how you feel. Like It's less like what you assume from all the movies and things. And it's more of just visualization, relaxation, and reframing your mind to just have a better experience and just perceive things in a in a calmer, more happy way. Like, but not like forced fake happy, but just sort of a realistic happy way. I don't know. 100%. 100%. It's taking you from fear to feeling confident and in control. Like, so in Laura, I'd be curious to hear your experience. In my experience, instead of calling them contractions, they called them like basically they described them like a, a tight hug. And instead of calling it labor, it was like birthing time instead of your due date, it was estimated date. So it's different things. So you're not so medical and not so like labor sounds hard. Right. Like, yeah. Who who wants to sign up for labor? Right. That's like what I perceive it as because of the semantics and the way that it's been told to me, you know, my whole life and growing up. So changing the words actually makes a lot of sense psychologically. In my hypnosis, it it actually as you got closer to the birthing time 
goes through and it describes exactly what is going on in your body in a um, loving way. Like your body's opening up, it's making room, the baby is coming down, the baby's getting ready to come out versus some of the other medical jargon so that when you're in it, you can kind of go inside and you can talk to your baby and you can say, I love you. We're doing this together. Like this is a warm, like tight hug and it's opening things up and everything's happening naturally and as it should. It's very empowering. Laura, what kind of language are you guys using? Yeah, same thing. So in my hypnobirthing class, we don't call them contractions. We call them surges or waves, kind of like ocean waves, because really that's what your body is doing is like your muscles are actually making little waves to help push the baby naturally down and out in the way that your body was designed to do it. So yeah, contraction sounds like restrictive and like painful and pulling, you know, yourself in and really want to be relaxed and open, like you said, and allow the process to happen. So we call them surges or waves. And instead of saying, how much pain are you in right now? We'd say, where do you feel tension or where do you feel pressure? And so all that reframing really makes such a difference. And then I think too, what really impacted me about what you said, Melissa, back when you first told me, and also what I've read and experienced so far in the in the classes was our entire lives, whenever we felt pain, that was a sign of danger. We need to fight, run away, or, you know, we're just like freaked out. We have to get out. But this type of quote unquote pain when it comes to childbirth is purposeful. So the tension or the pressure that we feel is not a sign that anything's wrong necessarily, but a sign that things are moving forward in the way that they need to. So I think reframing that also really helps me. Absolutely. And waves is the perfect way to describe it because when you're going through that, I felt I felt like I was going inside and I was very nobody else existed when I was going through that contraction. However, when it was done, I was awake and alert and like had energy. It was the weirdest thing because I didn't experience that with the epidural. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that people don't realize, or I didn't is like with the epidural, you're numbing everything, which is why you don't feel the pain, you know, like below your stomach or back or whatever. But that also has negatives because then you can't really feel the progression and be an active participant. Yeah, I absolutely, I was just watching the birthing videos before we jumped on this call because I wanted to get reconnected with it. And I still feel that way. Like for a good six months after having my son, I would have given anything to have that birthing experience again. And like Laura said, I did not want to be pregnant again. I am happy with three kids. I do not want any more children. However, (laughs) I felt so powerful and empowered from the experience and all the training I did leading up to it. And then afterwards, when you have a natural birth, you have so many chemicals that are surging through your body that you're just superwoman. It is incredible. I can't explain it. One thing that I learned in my reading is that by taking the induction drugs to speed things along like Pitocin that Melissa mentioned before, it actually inhibits some of your body's natural release of some of the chemicals. So by taking the medical interventions, not only does it tend to snowball and lead to... So if you take Pitocin, which helps speed up the contractions 
it's more painful and it reduces the release of some of those really powerful good chemicals that your body does, which makes it you more likely to take the epidural. And if you take the epidural, you're more likely to have other complications and lead to a C-section. So it just all snowballs. And we think like, oh, medicine just automatically makes stuff better, but it actually counteracts some of the body's natural elements that go into it. Right. And what happens is is it slows down the labor and delivery. And it o- often, as you said, does lead to C-sections. And thank God for C-sections to exist when they're absolutely medically necessary. But the problem is, is that so many times they're being recommended or women are choosing them and not out of necessity. And that's bad for the baby's immune system because when they go through the birthing canal, they absorb all the good stuff from the mom. And so having a C-section can sometimes lead to um, an ill or child child. And so I want my child to have the healthiest chance possible. But Melissa, can you take us back through because I want to hear more about the experience. Like when you felt a wave, as you called it, how did you not feel pain? Because I just, my mind can't comprehend it. Honestly, it's not pain. It, it's pressure. Like Laura's okay. saying, like it really, yeah. that piece of it, when I thought about it like that and knowing what was going on, it really especially the, the contraction part of it, it's intense. It's, so I'm not going to say it's like the, like a light massage. I mean, it is intense. However, when you are aware of what's going on with your body, it's not painful. Like it was before I knew what was going on. If that, if that makes sense, it's like when you have to go to the bathroom, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you feel that pressure and it's okay. It's time to take a shit, right? Like, it's kind of the same thing. They told us that in our class too. They're like, every time you go number two, just think of it as mini practice because it's that same like pressure and tension and then you feel amazing afterwards. <laughs> So it sounds like it's really reframing your whole mindset around it. Like Laura, what you were saying a few minutes ago about how normally when we perceive pain, we perceive something is wrong. But when you realize, no, this is something that is right, you can kind of take out the the pain element. And there was something else that we talked about at the baby shower girls, where I believe one of you said that you can't experience pain in more than one place at a time. And so there's something to be said for that, where you can literally like pinch yourself. Can you talk about that? I'm a little rusty on my like medical science terminology, but I think there's something like the pain gate. It's like a gate principle or something like that, where like just the way that the pain signals travel through your central nervous system, up your spine, into your brain, there's kind of like only one path. So if you can distract it, or if you kind of like feel a pain in a different area, it'll take your focus and perception off of pain in a different area. It's kind of like you don't feel it, you know, in two spots. So like, for example, have you ever just been walking and you just like stub your toe and then you start kind of massaging it and pushing on it, which doesn't seem like it would make any sense to actually physically touch the thing that just got hurt. But by kind of massaging it, you're focusing on that pressure on your foot versus the pain of the stubbing of the toe. So it's kind of like you're distracting right. your mind by by pushing in a different way or by creating a, a feeling, a sensation in another way. So one thing that can be helpful is like if you're feeling the tensions of the contractions or the surges and the waves is some stuff that they've done with us is like they, they train the partner. So my husband to put pressure and squeeze my hips and like kind of my lower back and hips to kind of 
put some pressure there and it helps you kind of focus on that or to do light touch massage. So he was trained to just kind of run his fingers up and down my back and like gently on my arms so that my brain starts to focus on those good feelings rather than the actual surge itself. Got it. That is pretty fascinating. And it makes sense because I think of when I go to physical therapy because like I have a pinched nerve and then she's touching a different part and soothing another nerve that's, you know, all connected or whatever. And then all the pain that I was experiencing is gone in that moment because she's touching a different part of my body that feels good. And so that's kind of, it sounds similar to what you're saying. Very much so. Yeah. And I will say I did have a period during my birthing experience where I was laying flat on my back on the bed that was a lot more intense than when I was in different positions. Laura and I actually were just texting about this. So one of the things I'd love to talk about is being in control of what's going on with your birthing experience and moving into different positions that feel good for your body versus laying on your back in a bed and being hooked up to all the machines. If you guys are good with going into that and put your feet right. up on the stirrups, which makes no sense with gravity. <laughs> No, none whatsoever. <laughs> like it makes a lot more sense to be, you know, if you're in the hospital and don't have a bath or a birthing tub available, like get in the shower, let that water hit your back and stuff. If you have access to a yoga ball, sit on that and rotate around on that or get on all fours. Those positions feel so much better than laying flat on your back a lot of times. And I remember, I think it was in the business of being born. It was something I watched, which is a great documentary for anyone interested in this, but um, where you see the woman and she's standing up and the baby just pops out and you're just like, oh, it can be, it's the baby just slides out and she picks up. She's like, all right, cool. Let's keep going. Like she's like up standing straight up. Which is probably the best position if you can like be squatting if your legs are strong enough because then gravity's doing all the work. Your body's going to give this baby birth whether or not you are actively pushing or doing anything anyway. I think, you know, when we see stuff in the movies or when in real life with people in the hospital, they have to push so hard and they're straining because they're laying on their back. Right. And they have an epidural and they can't, they don't really know what's going on. So the doctors are just screaming push. So they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And they're in that position because it's most convenient for the nurses and the doctors. However, like I was just talking to Laura and like when it comes time, if I were in her shoes, I'd be on my hands and knees on the bed. They can like be staring at my tush all day long. <laughs> That's going to be much more comfortable and they can take care of whatever they need to take care of in that position too. It may not be as convenient for them. However, as long as I'm healthy and baby's healthy, that would be a lot easier and more productive of a position, I think. Mm -hmm. And another thing that we learned about in the course is that if a woman is in a coma and she's pregnant, her body will still deliver the baby even with her completely unconscious. So our bodies have a natural expulsive reflex that once it's ready to, to deliver the baby, the baby will come out even if you don't want it to, like at some point it's coming out. <laughs> so for me, that's been really helpful as I'm preparing to do my first birth here soon is to recognize that I don't actually have to do anything. <laughs> like I can just stay calm and relax and trust that my body was designed to give birth and my baby was designed to be birthed and to just let it happen as naturally as I can. That has really helped me mentally recognize that I don't actually have to do anything. (laughs) 
All right, Food Heals Nation, I truly hope you're enjoying these hypnobirthing stories. I found it absolutely fascinating. Before we get back to our interview with Laura and Melissa, I have to once again mention my favorite new skincare line. It is Osea Malibu. It's the original plant-based results-driven skincare line. And of course, we have a special discount code for you. It's Food Heals Nation at checkout. That's $10 off your first purchase of $50. Go to oseamalibu.com. I'm currently loving their products. When I first heard about them, my assistant Melissa was like, I love them. And she was telling me all of her favorite products. And mine right now are the cleansing mud. It's just gets everything out there, like just detoxes my skin. I love the brightening serum. Anything to brighten my face always brings me joy. And of course, you know, I'm obsessed with vitamin C. So I'm using their vitamin C probiotic face polish. Probiotics are key to gut health, but they're good for our skin as well. Who knew? And of course, vitamin C is one of the most potent antioxidants, anti-agers out there. You all remember the story of Susie's grandfather who lived to be like 99 years old and he had no wrinkles because he megadosed on vitamin C all the time topically and internally. So I always love that story. And besides how great the products are for your skin, I love the fact that Osea's products are infused with sustainably sourced organic Patagonian seaweed and active botanicals that create a nutrient and mineral rich bioavailable base, which means basically what it means is that they easily absorb into the skin and your body's able to use all the nutrients, right? To effectively bring about balance while targeting signs of aging and skin imperfection. So it's really an all around approach. They're founded and run by a family of women who are all inspired by the sea, by the ocean. I'm sure that's the story behind the name Osea. And of course, today's episode is all female driven too. So more power to the ladies. And every product is sustainably packaged, non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, and made with love in California. And Osea prides themselves on helping reveal and illuminate your natural radiance, whether you're looking for hydration, oil balancing, anti-aging, or blemish solutions. You can stop by the Osea Venice Skincare Studio if you want to, you know, check them out, get a personal skincare consultation, a customized facial. They're there just for you. Either way, go check them out online right now, OseaMalibu.com. Use the coupon code FOODHEALSNATION at checkout for $10 off your first order of $50. All right, now back to our hypnobirthing conversation with Laura and Melissa. Can you guys talk to me about water births? What is the benefit of a water birth? So being in the water takes away a lot of the pressure. If mm. you've ever done a water workout or anything like that, a lot of times you can burn a lot more calories and it's just so much easier on your muscles than being out of the water. So yeah, it relaxes everything. It takes the pressure off. So it makes the whole process a lot easier. And if you can do it, I highly, highly recommend it. You're just sitting in this warm pool of water and the process is happening. Literally, I can't even explain how amazing it is. But if you like laying in the bathtub, it's almost that easy. Like it's, it makes the whole process a lot easier. Was there a difference in the time it took you to give birth with your first two children doing it the traditional way versus doing it at home and naturally? I would say yes, because I 
refused to be induced this last time. So this last time I was 38 years old when I gave birth and mm-hmm. technically that's advanced maternal age. Um, oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Advanced <laughs> maternal age. And is it also a geriatric uh-huh. pregnancy? Very much so. AMA baby. I'm Stop AMA too. Cause words. I just turned 38. So I'm the same. <laughs> those are literally, risk. <laughs> that makes me so mad that they are scaring women the way that they are and making us feel less than because of our age. When women are having healthy babies into their fifties sometimes. So everybody calm down, eat healthy, love yourself. You can have a baby. Get your fertility checked. Eat some good fruits and fucking vegetables. All right. I'm sorry. A little I, at a there. recent appointment, they but told me if you don't go into labor naturally by like week 40 or 41, we're going to induce you because there's an increased risk of stillbirth. So like having the baby die in utero. And I'm like, okay, what's the percentage increased risk? Does it double from 0.0001 to 0.0002? Or does this go from like 1% to, you know, 70%? And they couldn't even tell me. They just say these things and scare you. So I don't know. I'm right. You got to really get educated and because you can't just take everyone's word for it, even doctors. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be in tune with your body. Like if there are people that are 100% a higher risk. And for those women, like you know who you are and do your research. I was not advanced maternal. You know, I was in good shape. I was eating really healthy. I was working out like that was ridiculous. And I told my doctor before we went into the process that my body likes to go into labor 10 days overdue. Like that's just what it does. And she told me that all pregnancies were different. I'm like, okay. And I went into labor my third time, 10 days overdue. So (laughs) yeah, it was funny. At the end, I tried not to have um, that many, uh, what do they call them, ultrasounds throughout the process. I really limited those. But we got to the end and the only way that she would let me continue on without doing anything was to go get a couple ultrasounds and make sure everything was okay. And so I went in to get my ultrasounds, which was in a more traditional place. And they were really putting the pressure on. And I was like, I'm not going back. Like, I'm just not dealing with that shit. But yeah, so I digress. Where was I going with that? <laughs> <laughs> um, we oh. interrupted you and you were just, you were talking about how they said it was advanced maternal age. And then we went on off a little, on a little tangent there. Yes. Water birth. So I knew for a fact that I wanted to have a water birth. My doula, who was almost done with her training to become a midwife, I think she was done and she was just going through a few, um, like internship births for her midwifery. She was really, really knowledgeable and very comfortable with the whole process. So I followed her lead. She was my spiritual guide throughout the whole process. And my doctor was a little bit nervous about the water birth because she had never given, like helped somebody give birth that way before. However, we were doing it our way. And the water birth was, it was pretty freaking amazing. So going through the process, I was out of the tub for the early part of the labor and the birthing experience. And it wasn't until things got really intense. So when things started to get really intense, when I was not in the water, that's at the point that I got into the water, which took the pressure off, which I think allowed the process to go a lot faster. So in the past, I want to say my first two took a long time. Like we had broke my water with my daughter 6 a.m. and she was born at 7:30 at night or something like that, 7:20 at night. So with Sam, I 
knew that I was, it was going to be the day I woke up at like 1230 in the morning and I could tell that things were starting to happen. And he was born at 1240 the next morning. So technically, I guess it's 24 hours of labor. However, the labor didn't really start and get pressury or intense. I don't even want to call it painful because it wasn't. It was just more active until about maybe six or seven o'clock that night. And then my doctor came over she checked me and everything and she's like, okay, I'm going to go lay down in the other room because you're not going to have him till tomorrow sometime. So she went and laid down maybe around 10 and she was back in a little while later. At one point she had me get out and she checked me and I was like, okay, you're, I think I was like at somewhere like three or five and I was laying on my back on the, yeah, three or three to five centimeters dilated. So usually what exactly. And they say you're supposed to go like one an hour. That's bullshit because she checked me. When she checked me, my water broke. And at that point, I just, things got really intense. And they're like, okay, Melissa, where do you want to have the baby? I'm like, in the water. They're like, okay, we got to go. I'm like, I can't make it by myself. I need help. So they're all helping me. (laughs) I looked like a whale. (laughs) Back to the water. Like one person had one leg to put that leg in. The other person put the other leg in. I got in the water. I was on my knees, so kind of up and down. And this all happened literally maybe within a 10, 15 minute span. I don't know. It might've been faster, but I could feel his hair and yeah, they're like, okay. And I'm not very tall. So being on my knee and I have big legs. So being on my knees didn't make any sense. Like, okay, we're going to need you to like lean forward or be on your hands and knees or something like, okay. And so my doula pulled my arms forward. So then at this point, like my chest was kind of leaning on the side of the birthing tub, which was an era, like almost kiddie pool. So I'm leaning over and he literally like, I was just watching the video, like literally maybe a minute or two and his head's out and then another breath and his whole body's out. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty fast. So I would say that it definitely helps speed things along. And the main thing that it does is help relax my body. Mm-hmm. So you weren't in the tub for very long at all. I just saw, I saw a, it was a TV show and they were in the tub for hours and they were, um, she was screaming like she was in the worst pain ever. And I was like, what a terrible show to make it seem like this is the experience. I did hang out in the tub for a while, like maybe a few hours before that. There was no screaming. I sent Laura, I'm happy to share with you too. I sent Laura the video of like the intense parts. I wonder to see it. So there's some moaning, like there's definitely you go primal. And a couple of things that I do want to point out, whatever's happening in your mouth and in your throat is also happening in your vagina. So one of the things that I learned is you don't want to scream and high pitch because that's going to constrict everything in your throat. Ah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I like made sure my hands, like I, I would try to clench my hands and my doula would open my hands and just keep my hands open. And then when I had to make noises, it was very low primal and which actually felt like it gave me more power and I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. However, yeah, the, the stuff we see on TV is, I don't know if it's propaganda or I know people have experiences like that, but with those kind of videos out there and treating women like we're sick and there's something wrong with us in turn, you know, conspiracy theory or not, the doctors are making more money. Insurance companies are making more money. They get to charge for more stuff. If we're not sick, you know, for the most part, most women, when they're pregnant, it's, we're not ill. 
No, we're very healthy because we're having a baby. It's like mm-hmm. one of the main things our, our body is able we're to do that. genetically made to do is procreate. Like, yeah. <laughs> period. Yeah. And one thing I would definitely recommend is <laughs> I actually did this with my daughter. If you have somebody coming into your birthing room, be it at the hospital or anywhere else, I think especially during that time, you need to be very protective of your energy and who's around you. Yes. And so I had mentioned earlier about my mom saying that I'm a wimp when it comes to pain. So I didn't invite her to come over when I was during my birthing time because I knew if she made that comment, it was going to trigger me and I was going to have a harder time. For sure. Yeah, I can see that. You just want to be surrounded by everyone with the most supportive energy and no judgment on what you're doing or anything like that. Exactly. So when I had my daughter, this nurse came in and I have um, little veins, they roll and they're hard to find. They told her that. And she was like, yeah, whatever. Basically, like I didn't know what I was talking about. And she's the expert. So she stuck me like three or four times on one arm and started in on the other arm. And I was like, you need to get out and do not come back in my room. Good job, girl. (laughs) And I'm saying that because I want people to know that you have the power, you have the ability to do that and say that when you're in the hospital. Yes, as you should. Yeah, I'm gearing up for some uh, gentle battles coming up. <laughs> I don't even want to see Laura in the room because Laura knows what she wants and she tells people what she wants. One time we were in Italy and this kid, these two kids were banging silverware on the table so loud and Laura just looks over and she gives them the most evil look I've ever seen and she takes her finger across her throat like, I will cut you if you don't stop. And those kids stopped immediately. I have never seen no, anything like that. In my it. defense, I, listeners who don't know me... Uh, my stepmom's a kindergarten teacher. I used to be a high school teacher. So like the way that my energy was, was not mean or threatening, but I did get, I did give the, the energy and the look of you need to stop that because their parents were doing nothing. Their parents were ridiculous. So yeah. Right. I, I can communicate non-verbally. <laughs> You're going to be such a great mom. I'm so excited. So Laura, you are doing a hospital birth, but a natural hospital yes. birth, not a water birth, but you have very specific things that you're going in there with, with your birth plan. Tell yeah, us about that. So I really wanted a water birth. Unfortunately, just with the insurance that my husband and I have, the only thing that we have in network is a particular hospital chain here in San Diego. And they're a great hospital. There's nothing against them, but it is a hospital. They're, so to kind of give people an idea too, there's kind of like three main things that people will tend to do. So like a hospital is like the most medical. Then they have birthing centers where you go and it's usually, it looks like kind of a big house or it just, it's a little bit more homey. Like there's an office and there's like little rooms for exams, but it's a lot more homey and doesn't feel like a white sterile medical building. And then they actually have like usually two or three kind of bedrooms set up where it's like looks like a real bed and a giant tub where you can do the water labor and all the medical things are kind of kept hidden away so that you just feel like a more comfortable environment, but still it's not in your house. And then the third version is to do it at your home, like Melissa did with her third. And usually you have, you know, people come in to help you out with like like midwives and doulas and things like that. So I if I could have my hundred percent choice, I would lean more towards a 
birthing center just because it kind of feels like it's in the middle. However, the closest birthing center that's in network for us is in Orange County. So it's like an hour and a half drive. And that's not even the main thing. And and even out of network, we could have paid cash and just kind of figured something out and negotiated it because it actually wouldn't even be that much more expensive anyway. But um, it's my husband and my first baby. We've never seen a birth. We've never been around it. So we just kind of felt like if something went wrong, like in the off case that something did come up to be an emergency, we'd like to be where they have kind of all the equipment and everything. So okay. I don't know. You weren't if as it, experienced as Melissa Yeah, was for sure. For sure. Over. And I think my husband is a little bit even more fearful than I am. So if it were completely up to me, I'd probably be in a birthing center. But I also wanted to respect his wishes and I didn't want him to feel extra stressed out. And then that's going to make me feel more stressed out. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do it in the hospital, but come as prepared as we can. So we've toured the hospital twice. I'm the one asking a billion questions. They're like, this is the annoying girl in the group. And I'm like asking challenging questions like, well, why is that? You know, For example, one thing they said on the tour is that as soon as you come in, you're not allowed to eat or drink anything again, except for like water and ice chips or whatever. And so I raised my hand. I said, well, if I'm laboring for five to 20 hours or who knows, I'm going to be hungry. I think, I mean, I haven't gone through it, but I'd like to be able to like munch on some crackers if I want. And they basically said, no, it's a standard hospital protocol because on the off chance that you have to have an emergency C-section under general anesthesia, then there's a risk that you could like, you like you might throw up and choke on your own vomit and right, like right. suffocate. And I'm like, all right. So I can't munch on a cracker because one out of like, I don't know, a hundred thousand people might need an emergency C-section and like have their food come up and like, I don't know. It just seems crazy. So there are certain things that I'm going to be challenging like that, like moving around. I don't want to be hooked up to cords and wires and things the entire time. I want to be able to move around, like Melissa said, and go into the shower. So in my hospital room, there won't be a a tub, but there is a shower. So I want to be able to go into there and stand up and be on the balls and different things to kind of keep things going. So I have a whole list I've prepared after taking a hypnobirthing class and doing tons of research, we also hired a doula. So my husband and I will be bringing in a doula who, and if anyone's, I had never heard of what a doula is, they don't give medical advice and they can't speak on your behalf. So my doula can't jump in and like argue with the doctor and say, no, you're not doing that to her. But I can say, doctor, could you please give us five minutes alone to kind of discuss what you've just recommended? And then the doctor goes away and we can look to the duel and say, okay, based on your experience, how serious is this? Can you give me another perspective? So it's kind of like, we're excited to bring someone else to be on our team who isn't necessarily like super medically inclined as a default. They're like more of a natural perspective. So yeah, we're just kind of trying to go in prepared to be calm and not combative, but also assertive and, and just really get the, the outcome that we're looking for. Yeah. I think assertive is the good word rather than combative. And I know that I would be assertive when I needed to be, and I know that you (laughs) will be as well. (laughs) 
So ladies, I would love to know, I know you both have some really great resources. Um, Melissa, you had put some in the notes of resources to share with the listeners. So I would love to hear from both of you, um, your own personal um, websites where people can follow you and also some of the resources that you would like to share for anyone who is really wanting to research, you know, the differences between traditional birth, natural birth, what is hypnobirthing, all that good stuff. Absolutely. So for me, if you want to connect with me, the best way would be on Instagram. And especially about this topic, just DM me if you have any questions whatsoever, and I'm happy to answer them. That's Melissa Sue Tucker, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-S-U-E-T-U-C-K-E-R.com. Perfect. The documentary, Ricky Lake's documentary. Is that the, the one business that you mentioned earlier? Yeah. Business of being mm. born. I haven't watched it in a while, but I remember it having such an impact on me when I watched it years ago because I had no idea. And now that I do, it's like, I mean, that documentary still stands up today. Yeah. So I would definitely tell somebody that's just starting out, start there. Mm-hmm. There's, is it Ida May or something? There's a midwife that's really famous. I don't remember right now. Hypno Babies was phenomenal. I highly, highly recommend them. Laura, you're more up to date on all this stuff. So everything that you were mentioning, you want to restate yeah, that? So my, mine was called hypnobirthing, the Mongan method. I did it here in San Diego with the Birth Education Center, which is led by a lady named Care Messer. And I have actually met her personally. Uh, and my teacher was one of her employees. So it was, um, I didn't get the main teacher of the entire thing, but my teacher was also great. And she has an incredible reputation here in San Diego. So if you're in the area, definitely check that out or even reach out to them and ask if maybe they would have recommendations for different facilities in your town, wherever you might find yourself. But yeah, hypnobirthing is uh, just search that in Google, kind of like for your area and and look at the different sites that pop up for for courses and things around your area. And I definitely recommend to do an in-person course because you actually do physical practice things with your partner, with breathing. They also showed a billion videos of natural birth, which was so helpful too, to see women calmly yeah. giving birth without a bunch of blood and gore and screaming to just totally reframe your perspective. So I, yeah, I definitely recommend that. I think that's mm-hmm. really important. I think, you know, for so long, it's been ingrained in us that this has to be a miserable process where the woman is screaming at everyone in the room, screaming in pain, sweating, unhappy, like get this exactly. thing out of me. And it really doesn't make any sense that it should be that way. So when you look at it from, you know, the perspective of the, like you said earlier, this is exactly what our bodies are designed to do. And it's a beautiful process and let's be witness to it and let's not numb Mm -hmm. ourselves out on drugs and medication um, and extend the process that could lead to complications when we can do this ourselves, whether in a hospital with your birthing plan or at home or in the water, you know, there's just so much that we can do to really have the best experience. Like Melissa, did. And maybe you're going to be the next person, Laura, that says, well, that was the best experience of my life. And I can't wait yeah, to have we'll, another. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll have to do a follow-up conversation when I tell what happened. 
Laura, where can they follow you to see if it wasn't best or not? So I'm (laughs) at Laptop Laura on all the different social media things. And my website, you could also type in laptoplaura.com or copy that pops.com. It will take you to my my business page, which is I always give updates and stuff on there. But yeah, Laptop Laura for social media. I'll be posting photos and videos and updates and things like that. And one last little stat, if I could throw in Allie, just to also give people yeah. kind of a scope of of the issue really at hand. So according to the World Health Organization, an industrialized nation should have a C-section rate of 10% or lower. And anyone want to okay. guess what it is in the United States? Uh, I don't want to know. Yeah, I, it's something like 34.3%. It's, it's 32 <laughs> to 34. It's something ridiculous. Like it's three times it's up. the level. <laughs> so I think that's just a really good sign that our system needs some reformation. There's a lot of progress that's been made. I've discovered in my research. So I'm very glad to be giving birth now versus 30 years ago. But um, yeah, you just got to empower yourself and educate yourself so that you can be an informed consumer. I love that. Tweet back, (laughs) Food Heals Nation. Educate and inform yourself. Be the informed patient. Take your health into your own hands. This is your life. This is your baby. This is your process. Don't let anyone else tell you what to do. Go with your gut, just like these ladies did and are doing. Girls, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Thank you. This is a blast. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately.